Project A Podcast. Welcome everybody to this new episode of the Project A Podcast for Founders. My name is Charlotte and I'm the Director of Venture Development here at Project A. I am super excited to welcome Alina to today's podcast, Managing Director of Berlin-based Founderland and also at the same time founder of Clyderly. So Alina and I will be discussing all things entrepreneurship, fundraising for out-of-network entrepreneurs specifically, female founders and also technical founders. So welcome Alina and we would love to hear a little bit about your journey into entrepreneurship. Hello Charlotte and thank you so much for having me. Um, bit of a fan of Product A, so I'm excited to be here today. Um, my journey into entrepreneurship was really out of left field. Um, I have a background in chemical engineering, and I always had a passion for sustainability. And I knew that that's where I wanted my career to eventually um, lead to. And so after working as an engineer uh, in various different consultancies and front-end engineering, I eventually ended up um, working in the waste recycling sector. And so I was involved in designing chemical plants that were recycling household waste, food waste and coffee waste. Um, and so this unique insight into how waste is recycled, what happens to it, um, how it's processed and the difficulties with waste recycling is really what led me to my journey of Clyde because I noticed over this time um, an issue with textile waste. So every second, an entire truck full of textiles ends up in a landfill or an incinerator. And when I started to delve more into this specific topic, I realized how big of an environmental issue textile waste is. And so my journey into entrepreneurship really came from just wanting to solve a problem and make a difference. And I think at the time I thought, okay, this is a very unique problem to solve. I think the way the industry has developed, there's not been much um, research and development or even innovation in, term, in the field of textile recycling. Fast fashion has not helped uh, the amount of textiles that are wasted. And my interest in kind of combining these two in combination with my waste recycling background might be a really unique take on how to solve this problem. So yeah, it, it definitely isn't something I had thought about ever. Um, but having worked in startups and being uh, working alongside founders, I did think that it's something I would like to do at some point. But I'm very much impact driven. So I don't think I would have done it if it wasn't a burning problem I felt I needed to solve. Um, so, like I would say, um, especially with your technical, let's say, scientific background, um, uh, entrepreneurship, let's say, or starting your own your own company was not something that, you know, you you had always on your horizon. You know, maybe you would have um, then actually studied entrepreneurship or studied, let's say, business administration or or another um, management topic. So, um, what were some of the um, let's say, doubts or concerns that you had or let's say some of the hurdles um, into actually starting that venture? So funnily enough, I, the doubts I had, when I look back now, I think I was really naive. And sometimes you just don't know what you don't know. And it's not a bad thing. <laughs> so whilst I knew I didn't have a business background, in my mind, I thought it's not rocket science. Um, 
but having a technical background is really um, an asset that I can use to my advantage. So business is something I can read about and learn, but waste recycling and building chemical plants isn't. So I didn't really think about what knowledge I was lacking at the time, because in my mind, I was just thinking, I have this big problem in front of me and this is what I'm going to try and solve. And as an engineer, you do work a lot to look at problem solving, de-bottlenecking. And so it's really kind of what you do in business. Um, But as I mentioned, I was really naive. And soon after founding Cladly, I realized how difficult it is to build a business, not understanding really how the startup scene or venture capital works. I think another hurdle that really didn't help is I had just recently moved to Germany from the UK. Um, And so I didn't have a network here in Germany. Um, Cannot speak. I still am not that great, but I definitely had zero understanding of German at the time. And so building a business in a country where you don't speak the language is really difficult. So I spent a lot of time. not only networking and trying to find my path or my way and and finding people who I could connect to, who I could relate to, but I also spent a lot of time just trying to get my head around the bureaucracy, (laughs) the difficulties with something as simple as registering a business, um, trying to just understand the letters that you get from all the various umps that I just did not understand. Um, So I spent so much time that I wouldn't it's not wasted it's obviously something I've learned now and and can get my head around but probably a very disproportionate amount of the time that I could have been spending building my business I spent building a network and trying to figure out how to set up a business in Germany Um, after I had started to build a network I realized that to raise funding it's sending a pitch deck on an investor's website is not enough they will not contact you they will ghost you And trying to contact them through LinkedIn also doesn't help. So um, I realized that I needed to get some form of of introduction into um, the investor network. And so that meant finding relevant investors, attending pitch events, um, you know, speaking on stage or, or having the chance to put myself out there as much as possible so that then eventually I would meet investors who would introduce me to other investors. I was lucky that this happened just before COVID because actually if it had been during COVID, it probably would have been harder to, you know, raise awareness of what I was doing at Clyderly uh, online. Um, so yeah, I spent definitely a, a large proportion of my time doing all of those things where I could have just been building the business. Yeah. And I guess the the entire bureaucracy around starting your company, especially as a foreigner in, in, in Germany, is probably a whole different topic that um, we, we can discuss about and, and rant about. And a lot of, lots of things need to change and happen. But um, I, I would be really curious to understand. So where exactly did you find that that support or the community that helped you um, meet the right people and get your name out there? And and maybe for everybody that's wondering, like, how much time you, you should be spending on that topic specifically as somebody that's not um, uh, not from the city that you're in. Um, tell us a little bit about, like, what priority that had in your in your day to day. So initially, I felt pretty frustrated and lonely. I mean, moving to a new country, not speaking the language, you already, I think, just feel lonely. 
Um, but usually if you're working at an organization, you tend to at least make some friends through where you work. Because this wasn't the case for me um, when building Plydely, I really wanted to find a network and the existing friends that I do have were not building their own businesses. They were very much working in organizations. So I looked to find communities that I could join to see um, if I could just, yeah, build my my own network or tribe of people um, to support me. And I did actually uh, go to a local uh, women's co-working space. Um, but then I quickly realized this was actually more focused on freelancers and less on um, uh, startup entrepreneurs. So um, I had applied to various programs and maybe this is very serendipitous or it was meant to happen, but um, I had actually bumped into someone who runs the Google for Startups female founder program at a conference I went to. And I introduced myself and perhaps that was just perhaps like putting myself out there was was the right thing to do because when I applied for the program she remembered me and um then accepted me onto the program um a couple of months later and that for me was game changing um because it was the first time I spent a lengthy amount of time with other female founders um so I think there were about 15 women in the cohort um all building various different types of businesses and some are mothers as well and it was just such a unique insight into women who I really looked up to and I thought wow you know this is my network these are the kind of people I can connect with and they they understand me they understand the challenges I'm going through and um they're just a sounding board for stupid questions that I had right at the beginning and and I actually no question is stupid <laughs> it's just that I didn't necessarily understand certain things and and needed support right in the beginning. You have this experience now and you went through this entire journey yourself, um, spending a significant amount of time uh, diving into where you just moved to, um, meeting different people and building your network. So what are some of the resources or strategies that you would recommend for others to sort of, sort of either accelerate that process a little bit or make it somehow more efficient? Yeah, that's a good point. I think um, at the time I had um, maybe a bit more time to do so. Um, to make it more efficient, I would be quite picky. Um, now that I'm aware of all the various communities, I realize there are actually quite a lot of different communities um, in Berlin um, supporting various different types of founders or people working in the tech scene. But I would, wouldn't probably go to every single event I was I would personally choose smaller events that are a bit more well curated and that allow you to build a deeper connection. Um, I've become this person who doesn't really like attending large conferences, um, actually, unless I'm speaking, um, because to be honest, trying to wade your way through meeting hundreds of people there is a lot of work a lot of energy and I just think my time could be spent better and I would like to build deeper connections with people not just introduce myself and then run to the next person so I would um, not focus on large conferences but focus on communities where there are smaller events a bit more well curated a bit more um, closer and where you can actually spend time getting to know people, not just as an entrepreneur, but the person. 
Um, and I think that's where I've found longer lasting friendships or longer lasting um, colleagues within this space is when I've had that kind of interaction, not just someone I met for five seconds at a big conference. And this entire journey and experience obviously led you to starting Founderland with your co-founder. So tell, tell us a little bit about that. Sure. So actually, the um, program I just mentioned, the Google Female Founder Program, was where I met Deborah. And uh, she's one of the co-founders of Founderland. And um, we definitely connected very well um, around being uh, two of the three women of color within the cohort. Um, and we just connected on the fact that we had different challenges to deal with um, and we were looking for that kind of safe space. Um, we didn't actually, Founderland wasn't really planned and I actually think it was really nice the way the story has panned out, but it really came from this need of wanting to connect with like-minded individuals building their own businesses in Europe. So we looked to host a one-day event where we could gather all of the women of color in Europe building businesses in Berlin. It was going to be at the Google for Startups office. They were all game for this to happen. And then the lockdown happened. <laughs> so the timing couldn't have been worse. Um, but what came of this was a great introduction to Stephanie, who's our third co-founder, Um all of us being in lockdown, stuck in our homes, meant that we had a bit more time, really, to look at the kind of work we were doing. We built an MVP where we um, facilitated, I think, 60 warm introductions between women of color founders and investors. And that's when we quickly realized, OK, there's a lot more that can be done to support this community. And we need to um, try and figure out all the various ways we can support them. So we are now. Um, a non-profit entity or foundation registered in Berlin. Um, we're funded by google.org and we, as a community, are the largest community of women of color. Now there are 400 women in 26 countries across Europe. And it's funny because I, I never could have imagined that now I would know 400 women like me building a business in Europe. And I could actually do a whole Europe tour of 26 countries and meet various women of color founders. So um, I'm really proud of the community that we've built. And um, they're building organizations all the way from, you know, Web3 to crypto to um, uh, impact businesses. And so it's really interesting to see the kind of variety of women um, and the kind of businesses they're built, building. Amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. It's actually funny because um, sometimes I, I, I look at the kind of work we're doing and I'm, I'm pretty amazed at actually how much we do um, for being such a small team from um, our own investor readiness accelerator to our own um, qualitative uh, research report that we disseminated a couple of weeks ago to um, partnerships with corporates to provide discounts to our founders to um, an investor collective so we're doing so many different things really thinking that if we do all of these various things eventually we can change the whole system but there's no one big solution unfortunately you kind of have to do lots of things and hope that they eventually work mm -hmm. and I'll be curious to to learn a little bit more about 
and it's either your per personal experience or the stories of the of the women that you got to know. How is their experience different in Germany, in the UK, in, in other European countries, or the US? I think um, I probably delve into some of my own experiences, but then general, uh, more broader experiences from the women in our community. Um, so to start off with myself, um, as I mentioned, I spent a very large proportion of my time um, building a strong network, trying to get these warm introductions. And if I think about it, this is not a great place to start from. I'm not starting from the same starting line as someone else would be starting from when it comes to building their business. So spending this disproportionate amount of time doing this means that it's taking away from me spending time building my business. But unfortunately, it has to be done if I want to raise venture capital. So this is I'm not the only one to have uh, experienced this or struggle with this. Many women in our community do not have the connection to investors, do not have the connection to angels and are trying to navigate their way through this very muddy waters, especially when it comes to angels, because at least with venture capital firms, they have a website and it's pretty obvious that they're investing in startups even if their thesis isn't very clear. But trying to find angel investors is like finding a drop in the ocean because how do you find an angel investor? They don't tend to necessarily always advertise on LinkedIn that they're an angel investor, and I get that. You'll probably be bombarded if you do so. So this little or no connection to investors is very difficult. Um, another experience I had... Um, was I remember an investor telling me at the beginning, why don't you raise a friends and family round? I thought, that's a very, very privileged question to ask me. Um, I don't necessarily have that kind of friends or family. And even if I did, I don't feel comfortable asking them for funding. So um, that's I'm not the only person who has experienced this. Um, definitely a lot of the women in our community struggle with this. Um, and I think when you're coming from uh, an underrepresented background, you're not, you know, some women in our community are also dealing with, you know, coming from backgrounds where women just don't work. And so they're having to really push to even have the chance to, have had an education and now going out there to build a business as a, a woman of color. So there's so many different challenges that we as women of color are constantly having to overcome. And when you're then in pitching to investors who don't look like you, it can be a bit alienating and it doesn't feel like a safe space. And so if the person on the other side of the table is not making that extra effort to make you feel comfortable and confident to pitch well, it can also be um, feel like it's harder to pitch to this person who, in your mind, may have written you off from the moment you walked into the room. What are some of the resources that other out-of-network entrepreneurs, female founders, technical founders with other business background can turn to if they don't have the connections from the get-go or if they can't raise a, f a friends and family around them in the first place? So that's really a lot of the work that, that we're trying to do with Founderland. Uh, a lot of the women in our community are early stage founders who don't have that connection. And that's exactly what we're doing. We're trying to bridge this gap. 
Uh, I have a lot of the founders emailing me asking me to provide introductions to various investors or we host uh, office hours where they're just connected to various people within the network and we're really trying to help them navigate that um, issue that I, as an example, I had uh, in building a network. As We're also supporting them with um, getting visibility because seeing is believing and so if they are seen in various different media publications. If they're seen on stage at various events, um, they are more likely to have investors perhaps even reach out to them. So we're trying to support um, in various different facets. So I recommend joining communities like Foundland if you're a woman of colour. But there are many other tech communities out there. For example, Two Hearts, um, which is for... Um, underrepresented people within Germany or I think now it might even be Europe wide um, in the tech space so there's there are communities out there and I would recommend finding those and then using those as a channel to build the connections that you need and connecting with the founders in the community because you can all learn from one another so much and you'll be surprised actually how helpful people are um, so yeah that's what helped me and I hope that that helps others you have a really interesting in uh, profile because you went from um, somebody with a with a scientific technical background to becoming uh, the founder of your own startup to then becoming somebody that fosters the community that you would have wished for back then um, creating that uh, that investor network um, creating that accelerator for women in Europe and you're also a venture scout for Ananda Impact Ventures. So sitting on the other side of the table as a venture scout, how do you, from an investor perspective, let's say, um, find these really, really valuable, but out of network entrepreneurs? And maybe it'd be really interesting, I think, for the audience to share your, your advice or your tips from that perspective. It's really been eye-opening um, to understand what it's like to be on the other side of the table. And it really has helped me considerably with how I now run my own business. Because prior to um, understanding how venture capital works, when you're building a business, you really don't, if you don't understand what the other table, other side of the table is looking for, you don't know how to pitch to them uh, best. So it's really been extremely beneficial to do this. And I recommend, so so one thing I do not struggle with, weirdly enough, is out-of-network entrepreneurs reaching out to me. And I do think that this is because these founders are looking at someone like me and thinking, oh, someone who looks like me is in this organization. That's the person I'm going to reach out to. And so I, I really don't have any trouble in finding out-of-network, underrepresented women women founders, uh, POC founders approaching me. Um, and it's great to see that. And I think it really is just having someone who looks like you on the other side of the table. So I do think VCs need to do a lot more to improve the device, their diversity, not only at analyst and associate level, but really as high as you can go at partner level. Um, and you'd be surprised then that those uh, those funds that have diverse partner level organizations do not have trouble in finding or sourcing out of network or outlier entrepreneurs. And I always I really struggle with um, 
sometimes meeting or or listening to investors who say, yeah, you know, we speak to everyone, um, but the best deals come from our network. And that in itself is really going against the essence of venture capital because venture capital is about investing in a risky founder or a risky business. Venture capital is the riskiest asset class. So if you're not going out of your network and out of your safe space, how are you going to find those outliers who um, are going to build that unicorn? Um, so I hope that VCs really do look outside of their networks, because if their network isn't um, diverse, then they're not going to find diverse founders. And and what are some of the, the really positive developments or the changes that you've seen some of the VCs or angel networks or even accelerators make to really attract those those diverse founders or or make themselves visible to out of network entrepreneurs as well? I think um, associating with organizations, supporting events, um, trying to make sure that they're getting themselves um, involved in, in organizations like Founderland or Two Hearts has been really helpful. Um, I think it's important for both of these sides not to exist in silos. It, they really need to overlap and meet. So that, that seems to be something that's working well. Uh, for example, the, the investors who are supporting Founderland now have access to the 400 women in our community, whereby perhaps they probably wouldn't have because their paths never would have crossed. So um, supporting organizations that are already doing the work on the ground that have that community is an easy or simple way for funds to find these out-of-network entrepreneurs or to connect with people who have that uh, background or that um network themselves so what's what's next for for founderland or what's the plan for founderland for 2023 um so right now we have 400 founders in the community and our goal is to really hit a thousand um and it sounds um crazy to not only double um but given that this time last year i think we had 30 founders in the community i don't think a thousand is too bad to wish for and do you have any any hacks how to get to those thousand members? Is it a referral program? Is it events, a visibility, a London or Paris, Copenhagen chapter? What is it? Oh, that it's kind of all of the above. <laughs> so we are looking to have an ambassador program where we can ensure that we're all not the bottlenecks and really that the community gets to know one another on the ground. Um, and we're looking to do that by having hubs of founders based in the, the three big cities that our founders are currently um, located in. So that's London, Berlin and Paris. Um, but we are also looking to host more events. Um, in an ideal scenario, we end up hosting, um, and this is one of our personal goals, the biggest and the most diverse tech conference there is. Um and so that, that would be a great way to connect the whole community and to bring like-minded individuals together with allies and investors. Um, but we're also just looking to hopefully have our community reach out to other women that they know and in a way <laughs> refer Founderland to the other women of colour in their network. Amazing. Well, I'll definitely be cheering from the sidelines. And if you've been listening and you feel really, really inspired, then reach out to Founderland, reach out to Alina to become part of that community. 
Alina, thank you so much for sharing your story. Thank you so much for all the tangible tips and tricks um, that you shared with us and hopefully see you sometime soon on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. We hope you enjoyed our podcast. If you did, how about you subscribe on Spotify and or iTunes and give us a rating. Thanks, guys.